Daniel Smithson is in Pensacola. The breeze still across the roadways. Some traffic lights were out. Uh, others were on, and you know, Gulf Power still has a lot of work to do to restore power. In downtown uh, Pensacola this morning, crews were seen cleaning up the debris, but still there's lots of work to do to clear the roadways so they are safe. About 540,000 customers are without power along the Gulf. The storm is blamed for at least one death. What do glasses have to do with COVID-19? One study says plenty. Your CBS is Elise Preston. New research in the journal JAMA Ophthalmology looked at 276 hospitalized coronavirus patients in China and found a very small portion of patients wore glasses. Researchers say their findings suggest people who wear glasses all day may be less susceptible to the virus. And what's in a name? In London, CBS's Vicki Barker says for one artist, it may be everything. After a two-year legal battle, Banksy has been stripped of a trademark for his most famous artwork, the flower thrower, which he painted on a wall in Jerusalem six years ago, in part because he refuses to reveal his real name. The European court ruling may throw into doubt Banksy's legal ownership of all his work. The Labor Department says about 860,000 people filed first-time unemployment claims last week, down about 24,000 for the week before. S&P futures are down 58. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, and live sports. News clips, trending bits, and timeless hits. I want to go to there. It's Kim Courtney, Seth and Jimmy, Hoda, Savannah, Benson, and Stabler. It's the best of streaming and the best of TV. And that's why you can't not watch Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for you. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. These titles plus everything about the English Premier League and Loan Order SVU streaming now. Content availability may vary over time. Some content requires paid upgrade. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A Texas man who confessed to stalking singer Taylor Swift will go to prison for 30 months. He admits sending more than 40 letters to her record label, some of them angry and threatening, violence, and three times personally delivered. A Malaysian student learns that it doesn't always take smart people to use a smartphone. Imagine thinking your phone has been swiped. You're frantic and worried, but your house is in a jungle and you think, how far could it be? It turns out the 20-year-old's phone wasn't stolen, but it had apparently been borrowed by a monkey. There are selfies and video taken by the incredibly technically savvy primate who poses with burning eyes staring into the phone. Video of him yawning and also video of him trying to eat the device. One of the videos was taken from the top of a tree. After calling the phone, the student found it covered in mud under a palm tree. Clearly, the monkey was not impressed with the technology. Allison Keyes, CBS News. I'm Peter King, CBS News. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I just had a baby, and I'm tired, but I can tell you this, without balance of nature, there's no way I would have the energy I have right now. I've done so many different uh, multivitamins and different things, and um, I have to definitely say balance of nature is the thing that's really, really helping me right now. 
and then listening to this, the, these commercials and these testimonials, and I'm like, okay, whatever. But this is a product that I actually could say, holy cow, I see results. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code FRUITS. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. The November 3rd election is quickly approaching and Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose is sending an official absentee ballot request to every registered voter. But don't wait. With more Ohioans planning to vote absentee than ever, now is the time to submit your request. Polls will be open on election day, but you can use absentee voting as a safe and secure way to avoid election day crowds. Make sure you're registered to vote or get registered at VoteOhio.gov. Sponsored by the Ohio Secretary of State, aired by OAB and this station. The John W. Climb Recovery House Virtual Breakfast Fundraiser will be October 3rd and will start at 9 a.m. This includes music from Laura Kalkinen and Jose Rocha on cello. Check out the event link posted on the Clem House Facebook page or find it on their website, www.clemhouse.org. Registration for the event is also listed on the webpage. Anyone who donates $100 will also receive a Wake Up for Recovery month. It's the John W. Clem Recovery House Virtual Breakfast Fundraiser, October 3rd at 9 a.m. Hi, I'm Brent Hartman owner of O'Neill Hartman Insurance, and I'd like to tell you another reason why you should consider moving your insurance to O'Neill Hartman Insurance. Reason number three, guaranteed replacement cost. Ever wonder if your coverage on your home will be enough to replace your house? With Erie Insurance's guaranteed replacement cost coverage, your home will be rebuilt regardless of the cost. In the end, isn't that what we all want? The peace of mind that if disaster happens, we'll be covered. Worry no more with O'Neill Hartman and Erie Insurance. Call us today, 797-4685. A better tomorrow starts today with Wendy's Breakfast. A tomorrow that says they can, not they can't. Where fresh eggs rain like opportunity. Honey butter goodness is spread. And the frosty is chinoed. At Wendy's, we don't ask what tomorrow holds, but rather, what will you hold tomorrow? Will it be the breakfast baconator or the honey butter chicken biscuit? No matter what you choose, tomorrow's looking good. At participating U.S. Wendy's. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 much the fog has improved in the last um, 30, 40 minutes, but it, it was significant earlier this morning for sure. If you were out and about in it, don't forget you probably had your headlights on. I hope so anyway. I hope you remembered to turn them off too. 
Today it's our monthly visit with the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. Coming up in just a moment, right here on the party line. Let me see here. Where do I do that? I do that uh, right here, don't I? There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Foggy, foggy, foggy. Foggy indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, um, you know, um, I'll be anxious to have you return to the studio. Uh, Folks, we're we're no different out here for the most part. Um, COVID is uh, causing everybody to be cautious and should be. And... um, so, you know, during this period, we normally like to have Steve in the studio and um, that sort of thing, but um, we're, we're, we're being cautious, too. Okay, so let's just uh, go with that topic to, to get started. Uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, um, how do you think the city has handled it thus far? Well, you know, I think that um, the city has handled it well, uh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to give a report card rating on the city in general, but, um, I mean, we've talked about this on past shows, that we were pretty quick, and when I say we, the city council and myself, we we worked pretty hard and fast to get the face covering ordinance out there. Um, I was just driving up to work this morning, I'm in the office, um, mm-hmm. and uh, driving up West Union and onto Court Street, um, looking at the shops along the way, and I would say 95% of stores that are open for business had the uh, face mask covering poster in their window. Right. Um, and Dave, when I'm, you know, if I go walk up Court Street to get carry-out for lunch or whatever, the thing that I notice is probably um, that about 90% of the people that I see out on Court Street at noontime have a face covering on, so they're masking up. Yes. Um, And again, just to remind people, just so that you're cognizant of it, is that there are exceptions to the face covering ordinance. I mean, some people, because of health conditions or mental conditions or or physical conditions, you know, um, may not be able to or it may not be advisable for them to wear a mask. So so, um, it's just good to remind people of that. But I think, by and large, that's happening. Um, I think the university is doing a decent job with maintaining their level of face covering uh, mandate on campus uh, as I drive by campus um, or around the campus. The, uh, the, the one concern that I still have, though, Dave, is, is uh, and I do find myself spending my Friday evening or nighttime uh, or Saturday evening when I could be at home, uh, enjoying being with my family, that I'll drive around and go into the high-density student neighborhoods to see what's going on. And um, and I know that OUPD and Athens PD are patrolling those areas as well as patrolling elsewhere in the city. Um, but one of the things that I do notice is that I'm, I'm not seeing... Uh, 
much on the order of groups of 10 or greater um, at any of the houses, uh, at least uh, outside the house. You know, I'll do a head count and uh, where I think it looks like there's a lot of people on the porch or whatever, and there will be nine or less, mm-hmm. um, which, again, as long as you can socially distance, is permissible. Uh, so there's a lot of that going on. I know that... Uh, Ohio Liquor Control is coming down, um, has been here several times, and has actually cited um, establishments that are in violation of uh, the social distancing, the, the uh, face covering, so on and so forth, um, inside establishments. So um, the, the one thing I do have is a concern um, to, to share with you, Dave, and, and to the listening audience today is I did go down to the county fairgrounds on Saturday evening, I believe it was, because I heard an awful lot of noise coming from the fairgrounds, and lo and behold, they were having the tractor pull down there, so I decided to go in and, and just observe to see what was likely a large gathering of people um, and they were. Um, and the thing that was a little bit shocking was that I was the only person, as a, I just wanted to walk around and see what was going on, I was the only person that I saw that was wearing a face mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was uh, really disheartening um, and discouraging to see. Um, so I guess by and large, Dave, we're, we're doing the best we can. Uh, I know that you closely track the numbers and graph them, much like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're up to 107 active cases, uh, 448 recovered cases, and uh, still, unfortunately, two deaths that have occurred due to COVID-19 or COVID-19 related um, for a total of... Uh, uh, 557 cases. I was just on the phone this morning with um, Governor DeWine. Um, he he has a oh every other week uh, or monthly check in with mayors um, that have uh, four year institutions of higher ed in their communities, um, and the intel that I got. From him, one of the things he shared is that, um, and this was something that I've been tracking with Jack Pepper, it looks like we're going to, you know, stay at, at orange or level three, uh, uh, level two, rather, sorry, um, which was good to know. Uh, but those, again, to, to check in with the governor is great, you know, and to share what I am observing in the city as well, because he wants to know, you know, he wants to know what's going on out there, especially with colleges and universities returning to some semblance of on-campus activity, whether it's face-to-face instruction or elsewise. Um, I heard that the Big Ten um, will start up its football schedules again, um, where Ohio State University is going to um, have football starting October 23rd, I believe it is, uh, in somewhere in that time frame. Um, let me, let let me get Scott here just to add something. Scott, how many games will they be able to actually pull off if they start that late? 
Do, are you talking about Ohio State? Yes. Uh, well, I, I think the talk is they're going to be about eight. Really? Yeah, only okay. only eight. Usually they play uh, 12. Right, but still, I mean, they're starting so late. Yeah. So, so uh, I thought it'd be less than that. And, you know, that could go week to week. I mean, if if uh, COVID tests start yeah. coming back positive, you know, there's real possibility that games will be canceled or postponed. So, Steve, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to just understand that a bit. So, yes, the Big Ten's returning to action, um, at least late in their season. Now, uh, uh, again, I interrupted. Please proceed. No, I, no, and I'm glad, that, uh, Scott, you, you chimed in on this, you know, because I read through the directive, uh, what the plan is for the Big Ten, and, and that was uh, it was pretty Im- impressive when you think about it in terms of the level of testing that these student-athletes are going to have to go through uh, and the cost that must be associated with it, but then again, it is the Big Ten. Um, there's that, uh, and... The the, um, the schedule will be interesting, Dave, to see how that actually kind of plays out. Uh, and I think all eyes are going to be on that. Um, I, as I understand it, MAC, uh, the Mid-Atlantic Conference, is not going to be doing anything like that. Uh, I, again, I think a big part of it is the expense that one would incur to do that level of testing to where it puts daily uh, or, or even more. Um, to check on your athletes. Well, let's not uh, kid ourselves. You know, Ohio State's um, ticket sales and all that stuff, when you put it all together, pays for many things across the campus besides athletics. Oh, sure. That's not true. Oh, absolutely. That's the one not thing true. I, I do... uh, hang on a minute. That's not true at our level. No. And uh, athletics actually um, is an expense. So, um, anyway, uh, we still miss it. Go ahead. Oh, we do. <laughs> Terribly we miss it. Yeah. I, Dave, I have to say, I found myself, uh, I'm not typically an NFL football um, watcher. I, I really enjoy college football. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of my thing. Yep. Uh, and But this past weekend, I did watch um, uh, part of the Browns game, um, and I wanted to watch the Cincinnati game, and I just got caught up in, in other things and didn't watch it. But I, I had the, I found it so fascinating to, to a couple things. One, to sit and watch the part of the game. Yep. And it, it gave me that sense of, oh, it's, it's, it's fall. It's that season again. So this is kind of fun. And then you look up in the stadium, and <laughs> there's nobody there. Um, yet you can hear the soundtrack of cheering going on. And I'm going, well, this is, <laughs> this is really it's really interesting how uh, at the pro ball level that how they have to adapt and, and what the, the precautions that they're going through. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the big 10 and, and SEC and all the other um, uh, bigger leagues, uh, conferences that, that what they're going to go through, um, you know, okay. so the, the thing that's, that's a little troubling to me um, just to disclose is, I, while it will be enjoyable, I think, and even psychologically healthy, uh, good for uh, us who are armchair athletes to be able to sit and watch some of these these games uh, that will be televised, as I understand it, um, that the same doesn't hold true for, say, a fall uh, women's sport 
uh, like volleyball or something along those lines for the Big Ten. Um, so, uh, but again, that's that's my own opinion, um, thinking that it, there should be equity uh, when it comes to to having programs move forward. Now, as I understand it, and Scott, help me if I'm mistaken, but uh, the Bengals will be on the air tonight at 8 p.m. And um, he said yes. I didn't have his mic on. And, of course, uh, we have a reason for watching them. Yes, we do. Besides just the normal football fever. And that is uh, Joe Burrow. Absolutely. So, uh, tonight at 8 p.m., folks. Well, finally, you know, last week, it was a few days ago when they first played, we never did figure out how to watch them. And, uh, but tonight's game on the air. All right. <clears throat> well, let's, uh, let's keep going here. Now, the economic impact on Athens of the coronavirus or COVID, whatever you want to say, um, have you what what what's the impression you have? You've talked to a lot of business owners. Um, you personally are observant. Uh, what, what what's your impression? Well, I I I know that we continue to have a number of our businesses, uh, and in particular up on Court Street, uh, but elsewhere uh, throughout the city that are, are struggling. Um, trying really hard to make ends meet uh, and hoping that, uh, you know, so many are dependent, as we all are, on, you know, the university and having its full population. Um, as I understand it, um, on September 28th, there will be um, about 1,100 students moving into the residence halls. Uh, we keep hearing about the number of 7,000, but that also includes students who are already living off campus, um, you know, my best estimate is there's probably somewhere between five and 6,000 students that uh, are here living off campus, possibly more. Again, there's no real good uh, number you can get when it comes to how many are living off campus currently. But um, so businesses um, are certainly hurting still. Uh, and then there's other businesses Dave, as you're probably well aware, that are, are uh, n- never were impacted, uh, you know, or at least minimally impacted. A lot of that being um, some of our uh, home improvement centers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as you're aware, um, and hopefully those are listening, um, and if not, you'll know now that Menards is now open here in Athens. Um, uh, and, and those kinds of stores um, have, like I said, have done well all throughout because they were essential businesses. Uh, if anything, I think that they did extremely well uh, in some cases when it com- came to the economy. Uh, but then we have restaurants. We have um, other smaller special specialty stores that uh, are n- not necessarily doing well um, to include some of our uptown uh well, currently we only have one of well, two bookstores uptown, but I know that they are dependent on the student population and faculty and staff being around to to uh, infuse their revenue stream, and and that's not happening. So it's um it's difficult for a lot 
of like I said, a lot of the, the economy. It's certainly difficult for the city. You know, they, if you think about it, um, with the city providing safe, clean, great drinking water, uh, and um, you know, our sewer system is is a, a high integrity sewer system, and we have the uh, trash and recycling that's going on. Um, when your largest um, customer uh, is not back in full force, then uh, we certainly are seeing a, a decrease in revenue coming into uh, water, sewer, um, and that that affects our bottom line. I actually have that as a topic I'd like to discuss here in a few moments, um, sure. more specifically. But um, what about our safety personnel? Fire, um, I guess we don't run squads anymore, but uh, police in any way. Um, you know, how has COVID affected their actions? Well, um, you know, certainly with the face covering ordinance, it is a citizen complaint-based ordinance so where citizens will call in to the non-emergency number at the police department, which um, is 592-3313, uh, obviously Athens area code, um, 592-3313. And when you call the non-emergency, uh, people can report uh, where they see you know, people not adhering to the face covering ordinance. Um, Athens Police Department responds. Um, again, you, know, you have to keep in mind that they're, they're they are responding, they kind of triage things. You know, if there's, an, uh, as an example, there's an armed robbery or there's something going on that's gonna take high priority in terms of their responding for obvious reasons. Uh, but they are responding. Um, like I said, they are out patrolling in the evenings uh, in the, uh, on Court Street and uh, up and down the high density student areas, mm -hmm. places like Palmer and Stewart and Mill and Congress high street uh and i'm sure uh and i know that there's a level of concern for our our safety services when they are having to to engage with individuals um you know there's an interesting case as some people may be aware that took place in oxford ohio uh to where there was a uh, miami university of ohio um, some students were partying and uh, i think the police officers handled it well but just thinking that they were arriving, you know, to a, a gathering that shouldn't have happened to a, a large number of people, and come to find out that um, that some of those individuals, actually, a number of those individuals, um, had actually tested positive, um, but were in violation of what should have been quarantine, and and now here's these police officers having to, to deal with that. So that's certainly a, a concern for police and fire. Uh, for code enforcement, you know, our, our uh, uh, in inspectors are, are still going around and inspecting. By and large, they're inspecting um, uh, vacant um, rental units, but they are inspecting rental units, and there's, they're, they're fully PP'd up, PPE, uh, personal protective equipment. Um, we, uh, we have... You know, we used some of our COVID or CARES Act money to purchase 30,000 face coverings, um, of which if there are um, businesses in the city of Athens, in particular, the smaller 
locally owned businesses, if they are in need of face coverings, um, that we will bring them to them. Uh, you know, we've, we've probably gone through half of the 30,000 masks that we have. We still have plenty more. So if anybody who's listening, uh, small businesses, if you're in need of uh, PPE, let, let the city know, um, and we can certainly get you. Would they call the mayor's uh, office or what? Call the mayor's office. Okay. Call the utility billing. Call whomever. Um, okay. And uh, we will, uh, I have hand-delivered to businesses, <laughs> you know, 200 masks um, if that's what they need. But so uh, anyway, it, uh, to your initial question about, um, you know, our safety services, um, they're, they're doing what they do. Um, what they're trained to do, but so, certainly doing it cautiously. Of course. Now, um, annual festival or festive events, uh, what's that uh, dinner that's the length of Court Street and things oh, like that? Right. Um, a lot of these have to be rescheduled or designed in a different way. Uh, from what you've heard, have people still been very supportive? I believe so, Dave. I, I think, by and large, so you're you're referring to bounty on the bricks, right? Um, you know, and then we have, you know, just to kind of briefly go through the lineup that typically occurs. Boogie on the bricks didn't happen. Uh, none of the summer events took place. Uh, you know, brick criterium certainly didn't happen. I, I think most people. Are, there's a lot of empathy out there for knowing that that uh, these are some of our valued, highly valued um, summer events uh, and supportive of them coming back next year. Um, mm -hmm. But Dave, we still don't even know what is ahead of us. You know, for the next six to eight months. But uh, people are people are supportive. I think well, by and large. You know, everybody's just looking for that vaccine. And once that gets uh, distributed, I think life will return to normal to a large degree. Uh, to a new normal, Dave. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and, you know, speaking of vaccines, I I implore people to go out and get their flu shot. Um, <laughs> get it soon, um, and that way you're covered, uh, at least you know, largely covered. For the flu, um, you know, and then we just have to wait to see what comes out of the clinical trials when it comes to a COVID-19 vaccine. Well, we, uh, my wife and I always do it early, and we do um, all of them. Like, uh, I had a shingle shot, and then I think here in 90 days I'm supposed to have another one. But, uh, you know, whatever the regimen is, we're following it, and um, I'm... You know why? Why not? Right. Um, exactly, Dave. I, I'm with you. Uh, especially, let's stop and think about it just for a second. You know, so the symptoms of COVID-19, um, as I'm listening to and reading about, you know, are are certainly more severe, well, and life-threatening. Uh, but so is influenza to a degree, the flu. Yep. But but. You know, the, the thing is, get the flu shot, and that way you can pretty much rule that out. If all of a sudden you do have a fever and you're achy and whatnot, and, and don't 
start to confuse the two and think, well, maybe I've just got the flu. And meanwhile, you know, you could potentially be uh, symptomatic for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that if any season, this is the, the most critical season, this most critical year for getting your flu shot. You know, to, to a different, going a little different direction. There are some new activities becoming normal that I highly think are cool. Um, in my neighborhood, in the early evening, people walking, people sharing conversations, um, backyard uh, campfires with kids. Um, you know, the other day, um, a neighbor was uh, had some tree limbs they were concerned about might fall on either people or a house or something so they had them trimmed and the company that was doing the work was going to grind them up and yet the neighborhood said no we'll take care of it (laughs) (laughs) and and they're um using them in campfires and stuff nice and um i literally can look down my backyard and see four campfires uh typical evening and the kids and the kids toys that have blossomed out um different kinds of motorized or not motorized vehicles uh you know what i mean okay well let's let's move on a little bit the richland avenue pedestrian tunnel bridge whatever you want to call it um i i have wanted to drive down there and take a peek but once in a while somebody sneaks a picture and it looks like it's coming along nicely um where are we yeah, it is coming along nicely. That's a good way to put it, Dave. Um, so the passageway is open, and uh, it's it's certainly being used. Um, we've noted that there's a, a number of individuals uh, at any given point in time that are using it to go from West Green over to uh, Baker Center, Porter Hall, Grover Center area. Yep. Um, that's 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 open functional that the lighting in it is really interesting we have this LED lighting inside that is programmable to where the plan um, has been that uh, let's say during the 4th of July weekend uh, next year at nighttime the tunnel will be uh, red white and blue kind of sure. transitioning sure. red white and blue um, or Halloween you know, orange for, I suppose but uh, well and for yeah OU football games it's it'll transition green you know uh, sure. green and white and it's pretty cool so that's that's open and functional the lighting is, is operational right now the um, this road surface um, still work to be done. They're looking at having the intersection of Bobcat Lane and Richland Avenue. Um, that work will hopefully be completed uh, the end, end of this month, end of September, and um, still tracking it. The, the project slipped a little bit. It was supposed to be open by September 11th. Um, it has backed up by, uh, I think, um, uh, a good uh, 20-some days. Okay. But uh, again, they're 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 pressing forward, um, and hopefully by early October the project will be open to traffic. But again, I just drove by it today to take a look, and the crews are again still actively working on getting things done. 
the the crash rails on the side um, mirror those on Oxbow Bridge, where it has those kind of ornate concrete crash barriers. So that's that uh, was being worked on today. Um, it's coming along, Dave. Good. That's coming along. You know, some other things in the city, um, just to kind of report out, um, is the uh, there's still planning going on for the Stimson Avenue project, uh, most notably the work on Grant Street, which is the street that connects uh, Richland, or Stimson Avenue with Morris Avenue. Uh, which is a one-way street now where they put a safe routes to school sidewalk in along there. They also finished the sidewalk goes literally from the roundabout, the, the Stimson Avenue roundabout up to Grant Avenue. That was just installed yesterday or the day before. Still have some grading work to do. Um, Grant Avenue didn't have a sidewalk before, and now it does. Uh, we had a, <laughs> I had heard secondhand from... Uh, Jessica Dine, who's our assistant engineer for engineering and public works, that they're they looking at things, and somebody came up who lives in that area um, on Boliana and said, you know, thank you for the sidewalk. It's great because it now gives my, you know, kids who live in that area can now safely transition between Morris and Stimson. Yes. So that's coming along. Um, there's also the annual repainting that's going on uh, as we well, speak. I had that down on my list, and I didn't know where we stood on that. Well, I can share um, I drove up into Oakmont, um, which is, you know, off of yeah. Carroll. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I drove up through there. Applegate was a street that really needed some attention. Well, that was milled yesterday and will be repaved. Hopefully today, uh, and if not today, tomorrow. Uh, there was repaving, patch repaving taking place on Longview Heights, on um, uh, on Mulligan. Mm-hmm. I know that there's work that's going on over by the university, but it's a city street called Playground, which goes behind uh, the, our Lutheran Church on Mill Street. It's going on. A lot of paving. There's also, just to let people know, if you see water gushing out of one of our fire hydrants, um, annually we do our fire hydrant testing and flushing. So there's that going on primarily on in the uh, Columbus Road area off of Sunset um, and uh, Third Street and Second. Um, through there, we're going to be doing, continue to do fire hydrant flushing. Um, so a lot of activity. For sure, there's a lot of activity going on in the city. So the paving, uh, would you say we're um, halfway done at this point, or a third, or two-thirds, or what? I would say about a third, Dave. Okay, so plenty to go yet. Yes. Okay, now, um, let's see here. Um, We've been reporting for what seems like years, and in fact it has been, the sewer extension project. Oh, right. Can you... uh, I've totally lost track of it. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I've lost track of it too, Dave. Yeah. Um, so you know, we've been in communication. Um, we've had several meetings with the county um, and on that project unto itself. And where things are at right now is that 
uh, they're hoping to come out with a, a new bid announcement um, where it's in phases to get the project done. Uh, there's eight different phases that they're looking at. And uh, the first four phases, actually first five phases, would cover um, a little bit, uh, right around 1,000 customers. Uh, there's a little more than 1,300 customers uh, in the whole footprint of that sewer extension project. Um, but they didn't fare well on their uh, first couple of attempts at getting, getting um, um, bids that were acceptable, that uh, you know, didn't come in 10% over the engineer's estimated cost. Unfortunately, the first round, which was the entire project, uh, that one didn't go well. The, mo the more recent one, it too, didn't go well. So they've got a different plan that they feel will work. And uh, in terms of the bidding process, is this some um, sort so of out-of-town consultant that we're working with, or is it local? Um, I, that I, I can't tell you, Dave. Okay. I, don't, I don't recall. Um, I know that they did um, have to transition from one design firm. Um, to another, okay. um, and so again, I, I think that their plan. I'm hopeful that it will work to get this done because you know this has been a long, ongoing thing, as you're well aware, Dave. And and you know a lot of it will certainly uh, influence how we have to start with thinking of our own projects here in the city of Athens because we will be on the receiving end um, of the the sewage that comes into the city's wastewater treatment plant, um, and we've got a good plan on our end, so it's just going to depend on what happens with the bids that come in. You know, I understand that many of these uh, plants that treat, uh, well, let's say water or sewage, uh, the larger, um, the more they're asked to work, the more efficient and uh, good they are. And um, uh, so, first of all, we should assure our audience that neither of these plants is up to capacity. Oh, far from it. No, that's, that's accurate. And, and second, the more capacity we run through it, the better the outcome product is. So, having said that, um, I'm glad we can help some other areas in our county. All right. Oh, you were going to say? I was going to say I agree with you, Dave. There you 100%. go. Okay, I got a personal beef going on. <laughs> Let's have it. Okay. Um, it, it deals with, uh, well, Thursday in my community, my part of the uh, city is uh, Garbage Day. Okay, so Garbage Day has evolved. So uh, it used to be you put out a garbage can with sacks of, of garbage and they put it in a garbage truck and off it went. Then they added to it recycling, which I'm all for. But uh, they keep changing their definition of what can be recycled and what can't. And um, 
I have some knowledge of that area. So I, you know, there's some products they're asking us not to recycle that could be recycled. And that troubles me a little bit. But uh, now, um, so I, I started a personal experiment. It cost me a few bucks. And that is I have some trash cans that I use with one item only, and that is lawn or tree clippings. So it's absolutely natural stuff, right? Right. And we have, as I understand it, somewhere a, um, a facility that makes mulch and stuff, right? Right. And so I thought, if I put that out there, they're going to be thrilled to take that to their mulch facility. And they have for several years. Um, now, I guess I could have hauled it personally out there to uh, the Poston area. Um, okay, then recently now we received a, a green bucket. And this is to be put used for... Uh, I guess food compost and um, there's a, a and we the buckets just appeared I think there was some advance notice but it wasn't as well as normal and if you didn't want to participate in that you notified some number and like my wife could never get through and and we don't have very much compostable food product uh, that we discard. Um, so so I, I just... And now, the most recent and most confusing thing is after years of being told you have to separate your recycling from your garbage, I believe they've now said put everything in that one big blue can and that's it. Uh, the thing that used to be just for recycling. And if you need an extra can, we're going to charge you for it. And we're going to charge you for that compost can unless you opt out. Well, we're trying. Anyway, um, I'm just thoroughly confused. And, and I'm not sure it's the mayor that can answer all of this. I'm guessing it's uh, you need to recommend somebody. I don't know if it's a Roger Bale or who. But um, so react to this. Okay. Well, I, I wouldn't reach out necessarily to Roger Bales on that. Um, who I would reach out to would be directly to the Athens Hawking Recycling Center um, by calling 740-594-5312. Uh, again, 594-5312. Um, and, you know, have them tell you directly you know, what can I and can't I put inside this green bucket? Because um, um, I have been, well, let me just share. You know, I, I've been to other cities, large cities, uh, pre-COVID-19, uh, Portland, Oregon, probably most no notably, um, to where they have a green um, uh, can with wheels, much like our big blue can, you know, yeah, a trash yeah. recycling bin, um, and you can 
throw anything in it, grass clippings, limbs, branches, twigs, food scraps, whatever, um, and have all that taken care of. Um, and, yeah, I would contend that uh, I don't even think you can get one lawnmower bag of glass, grass clippings into that green bucket. Um, but uh, this, these are what you're raising issues and concerns that, again, and, and you're probably likely not alone at all. Um, <laughs> I would say that uh, the best place to reach out and get it straight from the recycling center itself. Okay. Uh, and to your point about the separation, you know, I, I certainly remember our red bins, uh, and we used to have three of them, I believe, when I lived over on Canterbury. I have uh, three. I have three one at my for, house. Yeah. yeah, one for cardboard and paper, and one was newspapers, the other was for tin cans and whatnot, and one for glass, mm-hmm. um, because they have a lot. Uh, the, the, they do separate these, though, when it comes, you know, with the new big blue one where you just throw everything in. Um, and I know that there is likely some issue with the quality of the, the say, paper uh, that, that comes out of that because now it can be contaminated with, you know, water or whatever coming out of my milk jugs that right. I've thrown in. And, right. and I agree with you. It is always changing, it seems. But I would just definitely reach straight out to the Athens Hawking Athens Recycling Center uh, to get... Well, the biggest change I've heard of recently is uh, put everything in the recycling thing. Everything. And that's it. Yeah. And, and well, you don't want to put, do not put compostable material in your blue bin. That's how you contaminate the actual recyclables. Yeah. Um, put them in the, the green bin. You know, I've heard from a lot of people who have opted out because they do their own composting. Mm. Um, and I, I often wonder more now under COVID-19 if, if we're seeing if there isn't more people that have just decided, you know, I'm here, I'm home, I have limited places that I can go or that I want to go to, and I might as well compost here at home. Um, but uh, the... Uh, I'll dig again, into this. I'll dig into it, and, and uh, you have someone you think I should speak to specifically? Um, you know, you can reach out to Bruce Underwood. Um, oh, I know Bruce that name, the, of course. Is the, the, he's the top dog over there, so he's the the head of okay. Athens Hawking Recycle. Um, uh, let's, you know, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I'm looking, at, uh, I'm looking at their website as we speak, Dave, and uh, you know, individuals can go down to the Post and Road Athens Hawking Recycling where they do the composting and, and uh, just FYI for people. If you're interested in purchasing by the cubic yard uh, bulk compost soil amendment, um, granted we're going, you know, on our way into fall, so maybe now is not the time, but it's $45 plus tax if you want to pick up something to amend your soil, or maybe for next summer. Um, but again, I, I would tell people to call 594 5312. I got it. Let's, um, let's turn our attention to the census. Oh, please. Um, you know, I have often said there are certain benchmarks in that uh, if, a, if a community or a city or a county or a whatever can hit it, it means additional um support from fed systems and so on uh for 
roads or whatever. Um, our city is, um, I think, was at 24,800 people for the last 10 years. And, well, give or take. But the point is, just shy of 25,000. As I understand it, if we hit the 25,000 mark, it's um, it's another feather in our cap, and and uh, you know I don't understand why people are a bit reluctant um, to be counted. I agree. Uh, there there is no reason to not be counted. I know some people have. Uh, been well informed on on all the issues that were that are coming at the state level, the federal level, um, somewhat the local level. In that, you know, confidentiality. You know, filling out your census is one hundred percent confidential information. Um, you know, by law, the enumerators cannot disclose anything. If they do, it's a penalty of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in imprisonment. Um, you know, so so the information that that people are providing, you know, and it's easy to do. You go to my2020census.gov. Uh, you can log on. You can do it online, which is the first time ever that you've been able to become enumerated, uh, be counted online. You can call. You can mail in. Uh, there are door-to-door enumerators that are out now because the deadline is uh, September 30th. The end of this month is enumeration stops. Um, I look at the uh, census tracts in the city of Athens, and we have seven of them. I look at them, you know, at, at least every week, if not with a higher level of frequency, just to see how we're doing. You know, we've, we're doing okay some census tracts are doing better than they did in 2010. Some census tracts, unfortunately, are doing slightly less well than they did in 2010. That's where we really need to, to do the best that we can to get people to be counted. Uh, and then we're also seeing a couple of the student, uh, high-density student census tracts that are are really running low and part of that Dave is because of the mass exodus that we had back well of course in March of this year um, we have, gone. we've got 7200 students returning here in uh, well, let's just see today's the um, 16th in in 10 days so um, you know that's going to bump it up, but the point is, it's where you were or should have been living on April first. That's the key thing, and those well, students that were asked to leave early, uh, technically they were should be counted in Athens. That's correct. And um, you were going to say. Well, and it's not just where you were on April 1st, because that becomes confusing to people, in particular the, those who left the city from the university right. uh, to go back to their hometown or whatever, because that's confusing. It's where you lived, you know, up to that point in time, and by and large, most of the student body was living here in the city of Athens prior to March 17th. 
Um, so, so the, you, what you're saying is, is correct, and we keep messaging that out. Uh, we've been working with the registrar's office at Ohio University. We've been working with other um, um, departments or department heads at the university to write letters. Uh, the Alumni Association has pushed stuff out. Um, I have been working with um, Carly Leatherwood at Ohio University, um, you know, one of their spokespeople, um, and and putting, you know, getting letters out to the students and reminding them that you need to be enumerated here. You just mentioned something that I think is extremely challenging, and that is, as you just indicated, that on March, on uh, September 28th, that, uh, you know, more students will be returning. Hey, that's two days before the end of the enumeration process. But <laughs> so, all of those are supposed to have been contacted already to say, listen, yeah. If this uh, oddity hadn't happened, you would have been living in Athens on April 1st, and you are to be counted there. I can remember yes. over the couple of times, uh, over 20 years or so, that I chaired the consensus stuff uh, or co-chaired it with, like, Joel Rudy and so on. Um, we would we would have a post-meeting, and it was held in the uh, courtroom, and lots of people attended. And we'd say, okay, and boy... In Void Hall, how many students did you have living there? And he would say, okay, let me look up. Uh, and he'd say 501. And the census would show that there was 511. <laughs> you know, and the, everybody would start to laugh. In other words, there were 11 more students living there than the university had any knowledge of. <laughs> okay, then, of course... But more often the case, it was the other way around, uh, where we'd go to some other hall, and they'd say we have 411 there, and we'd show 380. Right. So right. how do you get this ever straightened out? And that, you know what I mean. That's the question of the decade, Dave. Yeah. And, yeah. and the more numbers you have, the greater the opportunities for... Uh, federal support in paving projects, um, all sorts of things. Right. So, okay, well, we're out in our 70th year of service to yeah, Southeast yeah. Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Peter King in Orlando. The nation's top law enforcement officer is comparing the COVID-19 lockdowns to one of the darkest periods in U.S. history. You know, other than slavery, which was a different kind of restraint, this is the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in American history. Speaking of the Constitution Day event, Attorney General Bill Barr says the country's response should be left to politicians, not doctors. He also criticized the Black Lives Matter movement. Correspondent Catherine Herridge. These remarks come as CBS News has confirmed that Barr encouraged U.S. attorneys on a call last week to seek federal charges for violent demonstrators, including the rarely used sedition law, which can lead to fines and imprisonment for anyone found guilty of threatening the U.S. government. All of this is a whistleblower claims military police 
leaders wanted to use a potentially lethal weapon on protesters during the president's church photo op back in June. CBS's Cammy McCormick. One device is called a heat ray. It sends a beam of energy into a person. The Defense Department's lead military police officer for the Capital Region also sent an email asking if the D.C. National Guard had long-range acoustic devices. The D.C. Guard was not in possession of either. In fact, defense officials had ordered that Guard troops not be armed when they went into D.C., though law enforcement personnel were armed. Tropical Depression Sally is raining on Georgia and the Carolinas. Hurricane Sally has left places like Gulf Shores, Alabama in shreds. WKRG-TV's Debbie Williams. Utilities, the power, the electricity, there's no water, there's no power, and um, a lot of tree damage. CBS's David Begno is in Pensacola. While most people say they'll pick up the pieces and move forward, others like Dave Carton say Sally may be the reason he moves away. I'm thinking about, you know, going further north, so I don't have to experience this anymore. Uh, it, it's kind of like a deja vu. Nearly 600,000 customers are without power along the Gulf. In Salt Lake City, a police officer has been charged with aggravated assault after this. Prosecutors say the officer ordered his police dog to attack a black man who had obeyed his order to put his hands up get on the ground during a domestic violence response last April. Rain delays are common in baseball. What happened during yesterday's Indians-Cubs game at Wrigley Field? Well, not so much. We're taking them off the field. Did we see some lightning? There's a drone flying up over oh, the field. field. Len Casper and Jim Deshays on the Marquee Network. The drone landed, then took off and vanished. The FAA is investigating. The Dow is down 250. This is CBS News. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Visit rocketmortgage.com today. Right now, Allstate has almost as many ways to save as there are types of music. Save for being a new customer. Save for driving safely. Save for driving less with paper mile insurance. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent to get a quote. Find out how much you can save today. All state. Now that should be music to your ears. None available in every state. Savings based on your base and just contract by Zimmer last. Savings are based on your buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Austin Fire and Casualty Insurance Company affiliates with Brook, Illinois. Fall is a season that's a little in the middle. It's sort of the best of two seasons. It's no longer a sweaty summer, but the winter chill is still around the corner. And that's the perfect time to feed and seed your lawn with Scott's Turf Even better than spring. Because the soil is still warm, but the air is getting cool. So your lawn gets the most nutrients in the best combination of temperatures. Feed and seed now at Scott's Turf Bowl. Build the best lawn for every season. Scott's, it's good out here. Who needs Las Vegas odds makers when you've got these guys? Shamans in Peru using ancient rituals to predict the outcome of the U.S. election. Are you ready? Joe Biden. Joe Biden is there to win. All Peruvian shamans are looking for ways to cleanse so that Biden will be the next president of the United States. But across town, another ancient ritual consulting the deities. Mr. Donald Trump, we are supporters of the gentleman. He will win. He's a winner. Hmm, is it possible the ancient Peruvian deities are as divided on the issue as American voters? Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. He's known as Stan, a T-Rex now on display at Christie's Auction House in New York. The big guy was discovered in 1987 in South Dakota. The experts say he weighed at least seven tons, eyes the size of baseballs, and a bite that could crush a car, and he can be yours. 
for about $8 million. Peter King, CBS News. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I love the product. It's making me feel young again. I'm 84 years old and I feel 50. So I'll tell you, it is a wonder. And that's why I want to make sure that I always get it on time. I don't want to miss a dose. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code FRUITS. If you're tired of paying for cable news, tune into Newsmax TV right now for free. Get real news with shows from Mike Huckabee, Greg Kelly, Michelle Malkin, Diamond and Silk, Alan Dershowitz, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. Or get it free on Roku, Zumo, YouTube, Pluto, Apple TV, Chromecast, Amazon Fire, or your smart TV. So save money and watch Newsmax TV. Or download the free app from your smartphone and start watching right now.